How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload, and relationships to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. It's a real live post-race edition of The Teardown. We had something actually happen that we can talk about in real life, and I'm so excited. Uh, my name is Jeff Gluck. I write for The Athletic. I'm along with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi. And NASCAR is actually back. It actually happened. Jordan, we saw a real race at Darlington. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. And, you know, earlier today, before everything was, you know, before the race started, I just felt this feels really surreal. Like, we actually have a race going on. Like, not real life, not an I race, not nothing else. We have an actual, real, tangible race after two long months. And we had a heck of a race. I thought it was a great race with, a, with a, as competitive as we've seen. I was really pleased with how everything went today. I thought NASCAR hit a home run, and they deserve a lot of kudos. Well, I mean, as surreal as it felt, like, it felt very real in a way that, like, um, affected me, uh, affected my sleep. First of all, I slept terrible, like dog crap, terrible last night. I think maybe I got four hours of sleep. Uh, it was similar to the night before the Daytona 500, honestly, for me, like when the season's starting and you have all that anticipation and I, you know, I, I always try to go to bed early on that night. I think I've even like, you'd be like, Oh, do you want to go to dinner in Daytona? I'd be like, no, sorry. I'm going to bed early. Like I'm going to bed at like 8 PM or something, <laughs> 7 PM, because I'm going to get my full rest. So yeah. I try to do that. And yeah, I was so excited and, and sort of anxious and almost nervous about how everything was going to go. Even the work from home part of this, all that stuff. And I wake up and it's, it's happening. And you almost remember like the whole Atlanta thing where you were there. Um, and it seemed oh, yeah. like there was going to be a racing that weekend. And it, and then they're like, well, no, this is the new plan. This is a new plan. And then it, it all ended. And they're like, okay, now it's postponed. So I almost felt like, oh my gosh, is something going to happen that's going to prevent this? Like somebody's going to come in there and there's going to be, you know, oh, there's positive tests. We got to shut this whole thing down or whatever. And then it kept getting closer and closer. And it's like, oh, the drivers are going to their cars and they're doing the anthem. It looks like it's going to really happen. And then an actual race happened. And it was just like, wow, this is just uh, amazing that NASCAR's plan actually worked out and seemed to go off flawlessly it did go off flawlessly and i think you know there's a lot of you know debate and and discussion beforehand of whether this is a good idea and and has nascar taken all the right steps and obviously we don't know for a few days because we don't know if anybody's gonna get sick or whatever but in the moment right now i think it's safe to say nascar did a great job they did a very good job of maintaining or coming up with you know social distancing guidelines and a protocol in place that you can put together where you can have a race, but do so in a safe and responsible manner. Kudos to them. Great job. And I think, you know, listening to the drivers, listening to the crew chief, uh, Rodney Childers, the crew chief afterwards, and then, you know, having a couple conversations I had with some people that were at the track today, I think NASCAR came up with a great plan and they executed it flawlessly. And I think this is a plan, a blueprint that other sports leagues are going to be able to look at and, and replicate and say, you know what, this is a way to do it in a, in a smart and safe manner. Kudos to NASCAR. Great job. 
Um, and, you know, listening to Steve O'Donnell, NASCAR executive afterwards, doesn't sound like anything was going to change. He, he sounded quite pleased with everything. And again, we'll, we'll see where things stand a few days. But you know, right now in the moment, I'm, I'm, I am incredibly impressed with how this came together and how it was executed. Yes, and and you're right in that um, nobody can celebrate really until a few days from now, right? Uh, when we get the sort of all clear, or maybe longer. But you know, if we find out that there's positive tests, a bunch of positive tests or something, uh, where people got sick from this, of course, it's gonna it's gonna look different. But on the surface level, when you know you look at the plan they had, like you said, Rodney Childers, he even said afterwards, you know, okay, I, I drove down the track early because I'm thinking mm, this isn't gonna go well. Getting into the track, all the temperature checks all that stuff. This is going to be, you know, and he said it couldn't have gone smoother. So then he gets to the garage, they're unloading the cars and he's like, okay, how's inspection going to go here? There's only like four crew members or whatever, including him who were taking that actual car through inspection. He said, you know what? It was great. Easy, smooth. Everybody's working together. NASCAR saying, can you do this? No problem. They're helping out. Um, everybody was just sort of pulling in the same direction. And you know, what else was great is that there was no reported uh, incidents as, in terms of people not obeying the rules. Like um, everybody wore a mask, we were told by Steve O'Donnell. There was nobody that was caught without one or whatever. Um, the social distancing thing, everybody followed that. Now there was uh, an incident during the, the broadcast where they showed sort of that side angle of the the spotters and it looked like they were closer together. Jordan, mm-hmm. I keep telling everybody, don't never get fooled by the side angle of the crowds. And it always bothers me when I'm talking about attendance because I'll be at a, a race and I'll be like, oh, this is not a good crowd today. This looks like about half full. And then somebody sort of down at the corner will be like, oh, it's a great crowd. And they show you looking down like the, the, the stands that way. You know what I mean? And it looks like it's a huge crowd. But if you look at it straight on, that's the real perspective. Fortunately, uh, once that started going around Twitter and, and it was on Fox, Hannah Newhouse from MRN took a video from Pit Road and she said, uh, no, actually the spotters are pretty spread out. And it's amazing, like the optical illusion of it where you see, oh, they are spread out. Now, Steve O'Donnell said there was two spotters or something they asked to, to they were standing too close together. They asked them to take a step apart. But other than that, um, really, really, uh, everybody followed the rules and took it seriously. The drivers all wore their masks, which I think sends a, a great message to the whole country, right? I mean, if you see them doing it, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be like, okay, well, Kevin Harvick does it, right? Even in victory lane. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think that was a very important thing. It was, and I think, you know, seeing Harvick in victory lane, and that, that was the thing that stood out to me with this whole thing, and it really kind of became, I don't know, real is the right word, but it kind of hit home, was, was seeing Harvick in victory lane by himself. You know, no crew, no hugs, no family, especially for a victory like this. His 50th career Cup Series victory, that's a monumental victory. It's a milestone. That That's something you want to celebrate with your team. And then Harvick's words you know, to us and, and to other media afterwards, which that was for him is the big thing, is that celebrating with the guys makes it worthwhile. That energizes him. It kind of makes it worth it. And not being able to do that, you could tell that it, it, it I don't know, not, it wasn't like the luster was lost, but it certainly didn't have the same feeling that as it normally would. And I, and I honestly kind of felt bad for him because it, that's something that means a lot to him and he wasn't able to do that. But it, it, that in it, you know, seeing him in victory lane, wearing his mask is going to be one of those images that I think it's, you're always going to, you're going to see forever. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be sort of a, a sign of the times image, you know, the kind of thing we look back, just like nine 11 with Dale jr. And the American flag, that kind of thing, you know, you just, um, it's especially as we get some clearance from this virus in, in a few years and, we, and we're looking back, the, the longer 
away it is and we'll be like remember that crazy time like remember that weirdness um that and especially this being the first race back but i, I think you're right too in that harvick i mean he seemed uh i think it, you know you said oh it's not necessarily that it lost his luster but i almost feel like um it, he did feel that way in some ways that you know he i think the whole day once they got in their cars, um, I think it was, it felt normal, right? I mean, you, you felt like it was yes. a normal race and, and you know, you, you don't really tell too much of a difference. Uh, Fox did a great job on the broadcast. I thought, um, Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon be, not even being at the track. I mean, you wouldn't have been able to tell Regan Smith did a, an amazing job covering the entire, uh, all 40 cars by himself and all that stuff. And, uh, that was great. But so, you know, aside from that, like, you know, you don't really notice it until they're getting in the cars, until they're getting out of the cars. Like uh, the national anthem ended, and you hear like a couple of people like golf clapping or something like that. <laughs> it was kind of weird. And then, like <laughs> when he gets out of the car, though, there's like that that eerie silence, and he's almost instinctively looking up to the fans. And and like you said, he says that he he feeds off them, he feeds off his crew guys, and and they're not there. And he he felt kind of uh, he said he he used the word awkward a few times and. And you could tell it just wasn't wasn't quite the same for him. But obviously, this is the new normal, and and you you adjust and you deal with it. But um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's just an amazing scene. Um, it's amazing that it that it happened. Honestly, just you know, we give. I mean, I give NASCAR so much crap, right? Like, there's always something you don't that, do. You don't criticize Jeff. <laughs> what are you talking about? I. It's just you know, NASCAR will come every up once with, in a while, maybe. Let, like let's you know here here's a great example okay last year uh i believe it was last year yeah my, my years always get mixed together here but you know they say we're gonna do group qualifying with this new package and it's gonna be just fine it'll work out and all this stuff and it turns into like a total you know you know what show and um they have to backtrack on it and there's all these unintended consequences and it's like oh no this is embarrassing and all this stuff right um and and you're just like oh geez well well what's going to happen this time with, with this whole thing so you know when when they execute a plan flawlessly and and everything they said was going to happen happened and you know you can't even really think of any improvements to make uh it sounds like off that off the first one you're just like wow nascar it's that's amazing great great stuff i mean it's they really should be applauded. I think it's one of the bigger achievements uh, that they've ever pulled off in terms of planning and logistics and, um, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, kudos to them. Um, great job. I mean, it would have been easy to mess this up. There was a lot of ways it could have been messed up. And it, it, it just seems like they, they, they were very thorough, very meticulous, and came up with a way to make this happen. And... If this can continue, I mean, if, if, if no one gets sick out of this, and we hopefully no one will, you see this and you think, you know what, there's no reason that NASCAR can't continue for the foreseeable future as long as there's not another, you know, that second wave that people think might happen. So if this can continue, that's great. This is good because NASCAR needed this in a lot of ways, and if there was a big spotlight on them. And I think the fact that, you know, others, no other really major sports league is going on right now. There was a lot of attention on NASCAR, and if they would have screwed this up or something would have happened, it would have been bad. It would have been a big black eye, and it would have been hard to overcome, but they smashed it out of the park, and they're going to get a lot of praise, and rightfully so. I, I honestly, I can't wait to see what the what the ratings are for this, and obviously we don't know at the time of this podcast, but we're doing the night after the race, but um, yeah, that'll be very interesting to see. Now, now. Thankfully, we do have an actual race to talk about, so let's take advantage of that because we've been talking about 
all these logistics and iRacing and all this stuff for months now on this podcast. Kept it going through through the entire time, every week. Um, but now here we have a race to talk about. So uh, as far as the racing action, I, I was quite pleased, especially for a Darlington race where you're not expecting it's going to be the most thrilling thing ever sometimes. Um, it was a little bit long, I think, you know, three and a half hours. It did feel long, but what, what else am I doing? I don't care. We haven't had racing for a while, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, you, you it was interesting how there was so many cautions that kept everything together that you never had green flag pit stops, I believe, the entire day. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a result, also, you never really had the leader super check out. I mean, I think three, three point something seconds was probably the biggest lead of the day that anybody had. Um, well, I guess we can, we could talk about this because one of those leads was Alex Bowman. It was a race by Jimmy Johnson. And then things didn't go very well Oof. for Jimmy Johnson after that. No. And how about that though? I mean, it was like vintage Jimmy Johnson goes up there, takes the lead. People are excited. You're like, wow, this would be, you know, Jimmy Johnson winning NASCAR's first race back. That's a big deal. That would be that would get some attention for sure. Jimmy hasn't won since 2017, and oh man, that that was like putting a pin in a balloon, and then boop, gone. Oh, the the swing of emotions. I mean, when you hear Earl Barbin come over and go, "How about new leader 48?" Like he he like kind of elongated the 48 more than he usually yes. does. You know, and you're just like, oh, wow, this is, uh, whoa, like, Jimmy's actually in this. He's he's fast again. Like, whoa, maybe Jimmy will win this. And, and like you said, the first race back, and, well, that, wouldn't that be something? And, you know, he, like, drives up there, and you could see he's, like, all determined. And then Chris Buescher, you know, he's just trying to stay on the lead lap and doesn't really – I don't think Chris Buescher did anything wrong. Yeah, not, that is not his fault. That's a, that, no. no offense to Jimmy, but that's no. on Jimmy. Yeah, and so and then it, and then you're just like – Wait, what happened? Like, I was actually typing my tweet um, to finish that stage and starting to type out the top 10 and say, okay, Jimmy Johnson wins the stage, and here's the... And I was like, wow, what just happened? Jimmy, uh-huh. what are you doing? It, it kind of reminded me of the uh, the Roval um, where he was trying to go for the win, the first Roval, I think, and, and uh, he just tried um, a little bit too hard there. And, and, you know, that's what happens when you're pressing and you haven't won in a while. You're, you, mm-hmm. you try that you know, just too hard sometimes I think. And, and that's, Oh man, it was such a shame. Byron was coming, but he didn't have to do that with that, with Busher no. like right there. And Oh man, what a, that was so disappointing. It, it was a, uh, somebody sent me a tweet and I can't remember whose name it was. Apologies. But they're like, this is 2020 summed up right here. Like you start the whole, <laughs> you start the year off and you're like, ah, 2020. All right. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> you're just like, Oh no, 2020. But, um, you know, the, the good news is, though, for Jimmy and Byron um, and Elliot and Bowman is the Hendrick cars didn't look like they lost a damn thing. Not at all. I mean, they, they're one point early in the race. They're running one, two, three. I mean, they looked really good. And the question was, you know, they looked good in their first four races. Bowman gets the win. Elliot was really good at Phoenix. Byron and Johnson have speed this year, but they haven't really finished races that well. And the question was, can that performance of the first four races carry over after a two-month delay? The answer is yes. Um, whatever speed they had is still there. And they look good today. Um, Bowman finished second. You Presumably, if Johnson and Byron don't have their issues, they probably would have had good finishes as well. Chase Elliott had a decent day. Um, this is encouraging. If you're a Jimmy Johnson fan and, and you're looking to see you know, get that win, you know, one last win before he retires, you, I think what you saw today is encouraging. And they, they, there's speed in that race car. And they just have to sand off a little bit of the rough edges. Maybe a little bit more patience. 
I, I think he's going to win a race this year. I, I think that uh, the opportunity is certainly going to be there. And I think his crew chief, Cliff Daniels, came over the radio and said that to him. You know, that crash is, you know, guys, don't don't hang your heads. Jimmy, don't get down on yourself. We brought a race car here that was really good, that ran down the leader over a green flag run and took the lead, and we were going to win a stage. And this is something here for this team going forward. And, you know, I, I think back to last year at Darlington, and Jimmy had a really good race, and I was talking to Cliff Daniels afterwards, and he was saying, you know, this is a, a slow build, and it just have to take, you know, building blocks. They are so much better than they were back then in September than now. So I, I think you have to be encouraged. I think you have to look at this and say Jimmy's going to have other opportunities this year. And, yeah, the, the today was disappointing, but this is something you can build off of, and the opportunities will be there. Well, yeah, it's it's and it's clear they're going to be in position, right? They're going to have a chance yeah, to go for wins now. And that's that makes all the difference. I mean, whether you can close one out or not, if you're in position week after week and you're unloading fast cars, you're going to win one or two. And and I think that's what we could not say at all about them, you know, within the last few years where you're like, is Jimmy Johnson going to win a race this year? And you're thinking, well, let's see, could he back into one at Dover? Could he maybe win a, a super speedway race or something like those are the kind of thoughts that are going through your head. Now it's like, OK, he can drive up and take the lead um, on a on a restrict or sorry, on an intermediate track. And, you know, all his teammates are fast, too. And really, I just, you know, you got to be impressed with with Hendrick as a whole. I mean, obviously, um, I'm sure uh, the new Camaro is a big part of it, right? But um, they've they've done their homework. And and what what I was struck by was, like, you look at Alex Bowman, and he he rolled off uh, super fast at Las Vegas, backed it up at Fontana by whooping everybody's butt, and now you know Phoenix didn't really count toward that different package so now this is the first race since that butt whooping and bowman looks like he's fast yet again and you know i was asking him on the post-race call there and you know like it's he was making the point it's not that just that they didn't do anything over this hiatus they thought about how to get better too as everybody's trying to catch them they thought about changes they could make to make their cars faster so um they're in a hendrick's in a good spot right now chevy as a whole i mean the you know kurt bush looked fast uh, we'll talk Matt about Kenseth? Matt Kenseth for sure, but you know, I I would feel pretty good if I was a Chevy fan, honestly. I would too, and you have a lot to be encouraged. It seems like the new Camaro is is certainly much better product. I mean, Alex Bowman wins a race. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's competitive. I, I was impressed by Kurt Busch. Um, I think Matt Kenseth's going to be a welcome addition to that camp. Yeah, you have to be encouraged, and you know, I think Ford was good. Obviously, Harvick won the race, and they they had some other cars that were up there today Keselowski as well. Ski was good. Yeah, Kessel. Yeah, until he faded at the end, and the Toyotas were good. I, I would have liked to seen Martin Truex Jr. kind of was up and down all day, and then Kyle Busch had a really fast car at point at some points today. Just never had track position. They had some issues with loose wheels at the end. So it, it does feel like across the board, there's not one dominant manufacturer right now. It does honestly feel like there's three or four different teams that are kind of jockeying for supremacy, and it. it it's refreshing. You're right. That's a great point that, you know, the, the parody really does seem like, you know, Hamlin, um, and Eric Jones as well for the Toyotas. So that's good. And then, and then, you know, it's really, you know, the, the Ford Ford with Kevin Harvick had the fastest long run car, maybe Chevy had the short run speed. And then, you know, it's not like anybody after this was super off. Like after Fontana, we're like, what's wrong with JGR? After this race, we're not really saying what's wrong with anybody necessarily. I don't think um, everybody sort of had their shots and they came and came and went. So it doesn't seem at this point, if we can sort of extrapolate these results we've seen so far, 
to the rest of the season that uh, it's going to be the type of year where JGR wins 19 races or whatever, right? It's going to be, you know, Hendrick might be the the team to beat so far, but there's going to be a lot of different guys winning races, a lot of different manufacturer parity. Uh, It seems like a very good thing. Um, Now, again, maybe this was just one race. You know, there was no practice. So we'll see what happens Wednesday. Kind of funny to say that. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it's very interesting that the results we saw today, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Kenseth before we gloss over that, because I mean, okay. I, you know, <laughs> I get that he's good, right? Like Dale jr. Tweeted me and stuff like that. After I made this comment, like, Hey, you know, he happens to be good. Right. Cause I, what I was saying was, look, the guy, you know, he, he comes back, he races 2018, half the season. Yeah. There's some rust. Um, yeah. Well, I, you would think that. Um, he's, you know, he's never driven this package. He's driving for a brand new team. And let's, let's be clear in 2018, he wasn't driving contending cars. He was a part of a rebuild. So really he hasn't driven anything competitive in a while. And he just jumps back in with no practice. And he literally goes out and gets a top 10, like first race back 48 years old. So yeah, I am a little bit uh, amazed and surprised by that. I, I would have thought, I think I said, uh, on the, the, pre-race tweet up that I had with Bob Pockris this morning that, you know, if, if Kenseth got a top 20, that'd be a good day. And he goes, it gets top 10. I mean, guy is good. He's really good. And you know, the question is, is 48 years old. What does he have left? And he's obviously not at his peak, but he still is a very serviceable driver. And that was the main to me is I think, and like I said in the podcast is Ganassi did a great job of identifying which drivers are available and honestly, he was the best choice, and he showed that today. Is he can bring something to that team where he maybe lacks in physical skills still, and it still has the physical skills to some degree. He can make up for in other areas. And listening to his radio channel today, he was giving feedback to the team, saying, "Okay, you know, post race we need to talk about this, this, and this." And maybe I think we have an idea here. And listening to Kurt Busch's teammate in his Zoom press conference, those are two very smart drivers that Ganassi has now. And you have to think that that is going to give them an opportunity to really kind of get a foundation because the knock against Ganassi, and it is more than justifiable, is the fact that at times they look very good, but there's not a consistency to them from week to week, year to year. But you have two veterans there who know how to build race teams. You have an opportunity here to do something. So, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Kent is coming in and knocking out a top 10 finish. And, you know, he, he was good early on in the race and he kind of slid back and then came back at the end. And, I, this is going to be interesting to see what they can do and build off of this. But the more he's there, the more feedback he's giving, you would have to think that that team is just going to get better. Well, yeah. And you know what's it just you watch that and you're like, wow, it really hits home that that whole youth movement and that whole push again just seems like it may have been a little bit misguided or a little bit premature. Um, you know, these you can't substitute for the seat time. And of course, these guys do do fall off. But um, you know, when you saw Jeff Gordon and Carl Edwards, Tony Stewart leave, you know, and, and they weren't, they were never close to the, to the Tony, to the, uh, Matt Kenseth age now, sorry, 48 years old. And then, you know, when Harvick's resigned last year and it's like, oh, he's going to be old by the time he retires. Um, you're like, why, why is he doing this? But you can see that these guys, if they keep themselves in shape, I'm sure there's a little bit of drop off from where they used to be, but mm-hmm you know, they're still pretty damn good and, and they're, they're legends for a reason. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's really impressive. And you just, you just think, well, 
maybe somebody should call back Biffle off his boat and put him in a car and, <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, it's just you, these guys can still do it. And when people are trying to opt for these 18 year olds, maybe with a little bit of money and, you know, is that really worth it in the long run for your team? I don't know. I mean, certainly seems that, that Kenseth is still capable. And speaking of somebody else that's capable, Ryan Newman, um, you know, he had a, a layoff, a, a few races and uh, only a few races in, in terms of the season, but a long time from Daytona, uh, obviously knocked his head quite a bit. And we, he talked about that this week leading into it, but he comes back and finishes 15th his first time out and, and he ran top 10 for a bit. So another guy, another veteran guy there who just comes in, no practice, hasn't been on track in a while and, you know, rips off a solid finish. It's just, uh, these guys know what they're doing, you know? And I think this format bodes well for guys like that. When you don't know what your car is going to be like because you don't have practice, you don't have qualifying, I think guys who know how to elevate teams and get the most out of it, if you have got, if you can maximize the finish that you have in that, the performance you have in that car, you're going to be rewarded. And I think we saw that today. And I, you know, I was talking to some crew chiefs over the last few weeks, and they all kind of said the same thing is, we're not going to be able to set up the cars 100%. It's going to be the drivers that are going to have to kind of lift these cars a little bit. And the guys who have the most ability are going to be able to do that. And they mentioned Harvick. They mentioned Lagano. You mentioned the usual names, you know, Kyle Busch's, those kind of things. And I think that's with Matt Kenseth and Ryan Newman is it, those guys usually finish where they're supposed to. You don't. They don't have bad days where they, they, you know, they finish 10 spots below where they should have. If they have a 10th place car, they're finishing 9th or 10th. And that's what they do. They, that's what they, and I think this kind of format where you have to be smart, you've got to rely on your instincts, you've got to rely on your feel and your experience, it really bodes well and, and sets up well for these guys to, to maximize performance and results. Yeah. And, and so that makes what we're going to talk about next even more remarkable because you're right in that, you know, no practice time, um, you know, the, not as much experience and all that stuff uh, would, would, you know, seem to hurt the younger drivers. And yet two rookies, two rookies yeah. finished in the wow. top nine today. I mean, and, and not just two rookies, but you know, you have Tyler Reddick who, you know, RCR is, is not necessarily a consistent top seven car. I wouldn't, wouldn't say top seven team. And he, he goes and drives from the back twice to get up there, started at the back, came up through there and then had a penalty, came back again. And then the real, even more impressive one, uh, John Hunter Nemechek with a yeah, front wow. row car. Wow. I mean, no no fluke at all. It's not like he just backed his way or had pit strategy, anything no, like that. He ran that. up there all day. Yeah. He finishes ninth. Turns out that is the first um, non-super speedway top 10 for front row in three years. I mean, wow. guy again, it was a rookie. And and the most overlooked of the big rookies, too. He wasn't part of the big three. You know what I mean? And, and he, uh, you know, he lost a couple rides since he was in trucks, right? He, you know, he, he sort of lost out on Ganassi when Chastain became more of a darling and then, uh, GMS, he was over there and they, they shut down. So he ends up signing with front row and, uh, making them look real good so far. So really impressive stuff there. It is. And Reddick, you know, his style is, you know, running that high groove and running aggressively. And you, we, we see him do so well at Homestead. Darlington is very similar to Homestead in respects. Is that you can run that top groove. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. is kind of talking about this on, on social media a little bit and how Hamlin and, and, and uh, Reddick kind of found that sweet spot on the racetrack 
bodes well for these guys, and, and this is a good race for him. And we saw him, do, Reddick, do extremely well at Phoenix. You know, the last time we raced, he was running, what, second or third? And it was really impressive, and then ended up getting caught in a crash because he had a mechanical failure or something. So, And then John Hunter Nemechek is one of those guys that, a lot of talent. You, you watch him race. He's really aggressive, maybe a little too aggressive sometimes, but that's okay. Um, one of those guys, you say, if he can just get hooked up with a top team and get some stability around him, and he gets somebody to work with him, he, he could do some big things. And I thought he was being rushed a cup too soon. I thought he could spend another year or two in the in the Xfinity series and really, but there was no opportunities. Like you said, he lost his ride at Ganassi, lost his ride at GMS, and the opportunity came up with front row, and you put him in that race car, and I'll tell you what, that was damn impressive today. To take that car with that equipment after a break like this and, and to get it in the top 10, that, wow, good for him. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um you know, one one thing that was a bit of a head scratcher there, Jordan, was um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And I don't want to bag on the guy, but the amount Oof. of people who tweeted, "Well, you know, NASCAR is officially back when Stenhouse does that on the first lap." I mean, it was like the whole NASCAR nation was like, "Yep." Now, yeah, that's was his reputation at Roush, and he kind of came over to JTG, and he's like, "Well, you know, I'm, I guess I don't have to do that now. You know, I can, I, I need to take a different approach and." You know, he sort of vowed to be different, but, you know, you look at this first lap, the first couple corners after a layoff, and he just, it seemed like he was overdriving it and, and just unnecessarily. And he, I'm sure he realizes that now, but it's just like, dude, I mean, you're not going to be able to keep a job, uh, that long. If you, if you do stuff like that, it just, uh, man, that, that was kind of, um, that was a, a bit of a puzzler to me. I don't know. It's tough because if you're with JTG Jordy Racing, let's just be honest, they they are not a big high-dollar team. They are very much a middle-class team, and they do very good. They do a very good job of punching above their weight class, but they can't afford to spend time and resources fixing race cars. That's just not something they can do, which I kind of made them move to Stenhouse kind of curious in that I get it from a talent standpoint. I, I do think Ricky's got talent. But he also does tear up a lot of cars, and that that's what cost him his spot at Roush. They were very honest with that, um, and, you know. And like you said, it's just lap one. What are we doing? Like you just—it's it, kind of honestly—it's kind of like the Jimmy Johnson thing. It's like you just—it's it, hard in that moment. I know. I mean, I, of course, you know who might have criticized, but in that moment, it's like you just gotta take a step back. Just you just gotta ease in. And we heard all week long. We talk, we heard people talking about this. This is the right. question: of, that, it was What's the topic, first lap gonna you know? be like? Right. What, yes, you know, yeah. Yes. Like. And we even heard Clint Boyer, of all people, on the pre-race show was saying, I, what was it, like patience or something like that? I, you know, something to that effect. Just be smart. You got to get through lap one. Kurt Busch this week said, hey, we just got to go at 80%. That was the theme of, like, what's it going to be like? No practice, no qualifying. And you can't – off a of turn two, you just – you got to pull back. You just got to – you got to get through. You got to settle in, especially because you know a competition caution is coming in 30 laps. Just get to that point. You got a free opportunity to work on your race car. You don't got to worry about losing your position. Just don't put yourself in a bad spot. And unfortunately, here they are. Right. And I mean, you even see, like, look at, look at Martin Truex Jr., right? Um, apparently he had gotten a hole in his nose, uh, from like on like lap one. And that's why he was fading mm -hmm. back. We didn't, I didn't realize that at the time. I thought some, he was way off or I guess he was loose too, but I think it was the, the hole in the nose that was causing the, the biggest problem for him. And he's fading, 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 going come to that competition caution. You know, he's getting passed by Ty Dillon and Suarez. And, um, you know, he, he goes back to 30th now, you know, a veteran, he doesn't panic. He, he 
stays in it. Obviously, he wasn't yeah. thrilled with what's going on, but they fix up the car for him. They get him back out there. You just got to, even if you don't have have a good car at that point, just just get, get you know, you got to survive. Um, so, yeah, I just, that was a little bit of a head scratch. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Stenhouse bounces back from that. And, and what'll be really interesting is that, you know, now they're going to invert the top 20 for this next race coming up. Uh, we have another yeah, race. That's going to be interesting. Just in a few days. Yeah. And so now you have Ryan Priest on the pole, followed by Ty Dillon starting on the outside of the front row. Or it'll just really be the inside because I'm sure Priest will take the outside. That seemed to be the dominant groove. But that's going to be uh, it's going to be very exciting and interesting to see. I love inverts. I love that idea. But the the back half of the field they stay how they were. So Stenhouse is going to start uh, 40th. Um, Jimmy Johnson's going to start 38th. William Byron's going to start 35, 35th. So that will be a very interesting um, start to Wednesday's race. And we hope that weather is not affecting those. Although, you know, you see the forecast for both Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday with the Xfinity race uh, could, could play a factor. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I'm, I tell you what, it's it's great to have these storylines right away too because you, you didn't have a boring race. You know, you can immediately turn around and say, okay, how's Jimmy going to react? How's Ricky going to react? Can Harvick take potentially the same car and do this again? Um, does anybody, you know, have an answer for him? Is, is things, are things going to shake out differently with more long green flag runs or with a 300-mile race coming up instead of 400-mile? Is there going to be even more urgency to go? Um I love that we have that to talk about. Um, and of course it's all real racing. So Jordan, let's talk about, um, the, was it a good race poll? We're back to those. Um, no, not in the iRacing version, but the ones that will actually go in my spreadsheet with all the other <laughs> ones, um, that have stacked up. So, uh, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first as we resume Your our poll, You get to here? go first. Okay. I get to go first. Well, personally, I think if you are a NASCAR fan and you went 10 weeks without NASCAR when you're supposed to have it and it came back and you said the race was not good, I just don't really understand where you're coming from. It's not even really about about the race. It's going to be, it was any race good. Um, and this actually happened to be a good race. I mean, especially for Darlington, of course it was a little bit long and, um, but I think it was pretty much, you know, you had a lot of action, a lot of different things going on. I thought it was plenty you know, exciting enough, even though there wasn't any late race, late race restart or anything. So I'm going to sort of uh, try to go on the optimistic side here where people are not even really going to think about even the, the content of the racing. They're just going to be saying, yes, good race. Any race right now is great. So that said, I think it's going to rank toward the top of, the ones we've had in recent years, I'm going to say 93% are going to say, Oh, Oh, was that yours? I had 90%. Oh, 90. Okay. So we both say nineties. Okay. So we both, we're both thinking along the same page, right? Yeah. I don't think, I I mean, I think the race itself was really good. I mean, put everything else aside, the circumstances, I would still rate this race really high, but factoring in that we haven't had racing in two and a half months. It's the first major sport back, the excitement, how well everything went off without a hitch. I thought, you know, and then you, then the competitiveness, I did think it was a good race. Yeah. I I think people are going to be really excited by this and enthused. And I would be very shocked if it doesn't rate, like you said, as one of your highest ever in this poll. Yes. And I believe, uh, without looking at it, I, I think that the highest ever is 95%. So, um, 
it's pretty hard to get 95% of people on the internet to agree on anything, especially on Twitter, as you know. So if it is 90s, uh, even if there's 10% of people or something like that 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 disagree uh, or vote no for whatever reason, they might just be trolls or whatever, um, I think that's a pretty good success mark. And um, NASCAR definitely feels like it has momentum right now coming off this. You know, this this first race, uh, I think, was a success in, in many ways. So, um, yeah, Jordan... Well, you know, we'll be doing this again Wednesday night. Hopefully, the again yes. with the with no rain problems or anything like that. But um, yeah, I'm excited to to talk to you again about some more racing. I am excited. Uh, Wednesday is actually my birthday, so happy birthday to me! Oh, um, if you have right. any gifts you want to send me, you know, I'm I'll be happy to give you some suggestions. Um, you know, I prefer nice, expensive bottles of booze. Um, but no, I'm, in all seriousness. I think Wednesday night's really gonna be interesting. I think the fact that it's gonna be a hundred miles shorter is a good thing. I'm really curious to see how this does on television. I think there's going I think this is gonna do well. I, I really do think this is gonna draw some eyeballs. I think the racing what we saw today was really good. I think the fact that you've got some guys, Harvick Bowman, who've got fast race cars, Kyle Bush is gonna be back there. Oh no, yeah, Kyle Bush will be back there because he finished twenty sixth. Um you got some guys starting in the back that are gonna be fast. And they're gonna to have to go forward, and they're not gonna have a lot of time to do it. I'm I'm really excited for this. I'm curious how the teams approach this race. We even heard Rodney Childers right after the race was over. He told Harvick, "Don't do anything to the car in the celebration. We might be bringing this car back." And I was gonna ask him that question in the post race, and someone else beat me to it. And Rodney wasn't that wasn't like a heat of the moment thing. Rodney's definitely toying with that idea. So I I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how this unfolds. I'm excited for this. I, I think there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm for this. And I honestly think this is going to be something we're going to see more of, not just this year because of you know the way that everything happened with the schedule and everything being wonky. But you know, going forward in the next few years, um, get used to midweek races. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how the first one goes and uh, hope it is a success because I've, I've been wanting to see him for a while. So we finally get our wish. We get to see an invert. We'll talk about all that next time on the teardown